You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, guys. Welcome. This is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Peshera. And we have a guest today. I'm Jesse Townsend. Not to be confused with Pete Townsend. <laughs> we, we were just talking to Jesse, and uh, uh, he's been um, mistakenly called on stage as Pete Townsend. What was that? Can um, you tell that story real quick? Multiple times. I've... Uh, <laughs> Like all the younger comics who bring me up, uh, everyone thinks I look kind of like Pete Davidson, so I always get called Pete. Uh, and then the older comics that bring me up when they're hosting, they uh, always think of Pete Townsend from The Who because my last name's Townsend. So at least five shows in the past couple of months, I've been called Pete Townsend when I come to stage. Yeah, I, I um, the first time I hosted, I got a guy's name wrong. And his mother yelled out his correct name from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so I embarrassing. Felt so bad. Well, I was um I was a, a a newspaper reporter out of college. It was my first job, and the, the one thing I learned, you could like can you could call somebody a murderer, but the only thing they really care about is whether or not you spell or say their name correctly. Like people get more pissed about you misspelling their name than they do about any kind of accusation you make about them. And the same thing with comedy. It's like, if you don't, it's really important that you get somebody's name right. Like, we don't think about that it's that important, but it's it's pretty important to get somebody's name right. So I can see how. I was brought up as a girl once. Oh, really? This next, oh. This next comedian, you're going to love her. She's She's been <laughs> everywhere. And I went up there and I was like, is it, are my man tits that bad? And, uh, that killed. So I get, like, I kept going. <laughs> no one gets my name right. People who've known me for years can't get my name. And like, I always get like, this next comedian, good friend of mine, let's give it up for Peter. Gagala Googity. How do you say it? It's like, thank you. Close. <laughs> thank you, close friend of mine. I'm surprised you were brought up as a girl. I still have not been brought up as a girl. I feel like my <laughs> name is way more feminine than Alex. Do you guys Jesse, know? Jesse, definitely. Yeah. Do, do you guys know the story about uh, uh, Jamie Foxx when he started? No. He was um, doing open mics in Texas, and at that time it was kind of like a, I don't know if it was like a grab bag. There was not like a list. It was like a, you know, I mean, back then it was like there might be like one mic a week and there's like 40 people. So he made his name Jamie Foxx purposely being ambiguous because he thought that if they thought he was a woman, he might have a better chance to get oh, called up smart. in the open mic. And that's why he, he made his stage name J- Jamie Foxx. What's his real name? I feel like no it's idea. probably something boring. Bob Smith. I think. Bob Smith. <laughs> no, that would be hilarious. That was his real name. Looks like a Bob. Yeah. But uh, Jesse, you brought up an interesting movie that came out, I think, before your birth. Is that right? Definitely. That, that is definitely right. I was born in 98. Point wow. Break came oh, out in 1991. God, 90. I remember 98 like it was yesterday. It was fucking, the day you were born was sunny. Um, there was a slight, <laughs> it was a slight, bre- no. Well, I could be your dad. That's... It's a wake-up call. I ha- let's put it this way. I think I have friends that are your age, and I, that have kids your age. I should say, that are my age. That's crazy. I I probably went to. I was probably in seventh grade when your parents were seniors in high school. Yeah, I think I have friends whose parents are your age. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's fine. I'm young at heart. I'm young in spirit. Somebody told me recently they thought I was 32. I was like, God bless you. Oh, that's nice. I like to give off a younger vibe. I don't see it. I hang out with all you millennials so I can have fun. I do feel weird 
a little bit being 20 because every mm-hmm. comic that I hang out with at least five years older than me. Well, yeah. You, at least. Well, because th- so you well, have there's, a, there's a few young guys out there. So you have an there's interesting some. story because yeah. you like you basically did the opposite of what I did. I like was out in the wilderness for a long time and then finally decided in my 30s I was going to pursue comedy. You it sounds like at 18 you're like fuck it, I'm moving to New York and I'm going to be a comedian. Yeah, I dropped out of college, moved straight here, started wow. pursuing comedy. How'd your parents take that? Ah, uh, my dad liked it. My mom not so much. <laughs> well, what? How does your what do you mean your dad liked it? Uh, my dad was actually super supportive. Uh, he moved up here with me. Like, he moved up here. I was living from, with him for a couple of years. From, from Maryland. Maryland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Did you guys area. both Supported decide to dad. abandon your mom? Like, what happened? <laughs> no, no. Tell, no, they were, they were divorced it's beforehand. Okay. Uh, it's an interesting story. It yeah. is a, it's a bit of a weird story. So, like, back when I was deciding to do all this, like, drop out of college and, like, move to New York for stand-up, like, I told all my mom this, and my mom was like... Ooh, like she was kind of I think she was actually a little bit more mad at me moving in with my dad because they just don't like each other that much but she was like all right get out wow yeah so she kicked you out of the house yeah it was kind (laughs) of I'll tell you what when that's really so rough. point break am I right (laughs) well when you when your mother and I were in high school together she was you know she was very upset. No, I'm just kidding. This Keanu I, I Reeves fellow, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. So you guys, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with her, but I know you guys are friends with the comic Keanu Thompson. Oh, yeah. Keanu right. Thompson, yeah. And she, I was at a, and this is how, this is when I felt how old I was. I was at a, I think it was a micro show, and she got up and she said that she was named Keanu oh, after yeah. Keanu Reeves in Point Break. In Point Break, yeah. And I was like, son of a bitch. I saw uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the theater. I was like, I was already in high school by the time Point Break came out. So, so I'm on like shows with people who are being named after this movie. Makes me feel old as hell. Well, this movie um, actually came out a year before even I was born. Yeah, yeah. So it is a pretty old movie when you think about that. It's 27 years old. So it's a, I mean, it's and it's a great one. It's one that I feel like it's people like everybody knows the name Point Break. It's yes. one of those names that's like in the culture. Well, I think the name came back up because there was a terrible remake recently. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. I heard, I, I looked it up because uh, obviously I, I had never seen Point Break before last night, <laughs> as per usual. Uh, but I, uh, I was researching uh, Point Break and trying to find a download online. And the first download I found was the remake. And then I read a review for the remake and everyone hates it. Like people are like laughing at it basically. Oh, the remake is terrible. I don't know if you guys saw it. I no, did not. No interest. Just, yeah, don't watch it. So what, So how do you know this movie? How were you introduced to this movie? I think the first time I saw it, uh, I was at like a friend's house. Uh, we were just flipping through channels and it was on. And uh, yeah. we were just flipping through channels and it was on and... Uh, what caught my eye was just Keanu Reeves jumping out of the plane with no parachute on with yeah, a yeah. gun. That's like <laughs> the most exciting thing I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, yeah. This movie is um it's really well done and it's it, it, I rewatched it today, but it I think I only saw it one time when it first came out. Oh wow, it's a that's a first I think for well, you. Well, no, there's been a couple of there's been a couple that I only have only seen one time. But that I, we've that we've done on this podcast. I think Action Jackson. That oh, was, what that a, was a piece <laughs> of shit! But that was Can because we dedicate I dedicate five it? minutes to every episode to just talking about. <laughs> I just want to warn people: Action Jackson is a terrible movie. No one should ever watch it. Uh, it's our, it's a it's a historical relic. There's a few laughs in it, but yeah, I, I, for the most part, it's a waste of two hours. It's worth seeing for vanity. 
Um, yeah, her tits are nice in that. Yeah, anyway, mm. you should see Action Jackson for that reason. No, but I, I remember, I don't remember exactly when I saw this, but I've always, I've had this relationship with Keanu since I was a kid. And it's funny because I was like... Thompson? No, Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be weird. Yeah. yeah. She is significantly younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you knew her as a kid, that'd be really When creepy. I was a kid, yeah. uh, I feel funny. Uh, you had a relationship, you're talking about with the actor? No, with Keanu Reeves. Because okay. I did, I remember actually it was my, my birthday and we went to go see Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the theater for my birthday. And I remember inviting, like I always had um, like a diverse group of friends. And I, I still do this. I, I still, I, I bring like weird people together. So like some of them, like I had like. We get it. You have a black friend. No, no, yeah. no. I wasn't even, at the time I didn't even have a black friend. It oh, was, it was whoa, a poor. Whoa. Oh, I'm just saying. Whoa. Black kids didn't like me. They were. Be, Why? No, Why? I don't know. I don't know, man. You should ask yourself. Yeah, same question. I'm, I'm processing that right now. No, but like I had like a, you know my one friend was like from the really rich like part of town and lived in a mansion, and my other friend, uh, he you know single mother lived in like a one bedroom apartment with his or two bedroom apartment with his mom. It was like really poor. And I I kind of like brought all these like different kids Wait, together. How is that diversity? There's just different living configurations. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm saying like these are kids that were like I was they like didn't the know center. Each other. You were the glue. They so were I was, very diverse. Two yeah. completely yeah. different. Now, one people. was Puerto Rican. Two totally different types of white people. Like, <laughs> like they lived in different houses. And I was I, I they had up, different names. Oh they my were god, very really? different yeah. diverse people. No, I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which was like a lot of immigrants. A lot of uh, there's like a very rich section. A lot of poverty there. There's too. a rich section of Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh wow, I always heard about the poverty. Well, but. people they they don't they tell you they're from Elmora, which uh, is the neighborhood name, but they say it as if that's the city's name because they don't want to tell you they're, they're from Elizabeth. Mm. But um, actually, the one kid was from Elmora. Elmora okay. Hills, actually, which is an even better part of Elmora. Yeah, whenever there's a hills, it's always like yeah. the really nice part of the suburbs. But um, th- you know, I went to gifted and talented school because I would have gotten killed in a regular school. And I got beat up in gifted and talented school, too. So it didn't matter. That's so but, uh, funny. Wait, I just I never knew that. You went to gifted and talented school? Yeah, so in Elizabeth, New Jersey, it was like a magnet school. But that, mm. back then, they didn't call them magnet schools. They called them gifted and talented schools. So it was literally... So you got beat up by other nerds. Well, <laughs> so they actually had... Um, so this is this is the best part. So it, it, like I was went to Catholic school, and I was get, like not learning anything. And my mom's like, this my son is smart, but like this school is like failing him. Could not... There was no chance that I was going to go to regular public schools in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So they had gifted and talented schools, which you had to apply. It was a free school, but you had to apply to get in. And they had different groups. So there was like the kids who were visually visual art gifted, the performing art gifted kids. And what that, were you brought in as? So the year that I applied, I, I actually went in at I think like fourth or fifth grade. So I was like, like I came in late. Yeah, like ten, eleven. So years old. the only spot was in the phys ed gifted kids, <laughs> and I was not gifted physically. So they literally just like threw me in this this group that I did not belong. So they just in. totally let you into the school without needing to be gifted. No, 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 I was, I was, I was gifted academically, oh. but they didn't have a slot in that that year. I see, I see. And the funny thing is, that was when I first like started doing like performing arts. And had I had we not moved away, the performing arts teacher was like told my mom like, oh, I want Peter to be in the performing arts group the next year. And then we moved, and I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't start doing comedy until I was in my thirties. I blame my mom for that, for moving us away from the school. Yeah, you hear that, mom? Yeah. yeah. This I blame is her. not a good podcast I blame, for you. I blame her. <laughs> shit on my mom first, now we're shitting on his I blame mom. her for other stuff, too, because I also, in, in sixth grade, after we moved, the chorus teacher wanted me to go to the high school to uh, audition for Music Man. There's like a kid part in the Music Man. 
What's and the music? Man? It's a musical. Oh, okay. And uh, there's just like a there's a younger role, so they wanted somebody from an elementary school to like be in the high school play. Okay. Yeah. And so she, she handpicked me to audition to 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 go and audition for the uh, the high school play, and we went to Disney World that week, so I missed the audition. So I also blame my mother for that for delaying my performing arts. But career. didn't you decide to go to Disney World? No, I mean, it was my mom planning the trip. I didn't want. You didn't have thinking. fun at Disney World. It was all right, but I mean, come on. Disney <laughs> World was just all right. You, I, as a you were a kid old, going to Disney World, and yeah. you're like, ah. Yeah, but I could have been an 18 year old Jesse Townsend living in the city on the. You know, that's 18. not that great of a, an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, let's get that's back to two that. years ago, Jesse. That was yeah. me two years ago. I'm saying I was delayed by Alligator Alley in Orlando, which is okay. another, I think it's like another park, right? I don't know. I've never heard of that, I've man. There's like an alligator it. park in there's, Orlando there's, like in the shadow of Disney World. Are you talking about Gatorland? It might be I've that. been I've to Gatorland. Well, oh my god, Gatorland's the greatest. Is it oh my really? god, it's it's so ghetto and oh, I love it. beautiful. Like they will, they'll just wrestle gators in front of you as like live entertainment. Oh wow, just random, super dudes dangerous. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they the, just work for the park and they just wrestle gators. So That's the, a crazy. The job. tangent that I did not want to go on uh, was my original point was that I Keanu's been a Keanu Reeves as a movie star has been a part of my life since I was a little kid. So okay. this it's funny that I was looking at his IMDb today. And this movie only came out two years later than Bill and Ted's Excellent yes, Adventure. Yes, he was known as the Bill and Ted guy, basically. But it seems like, a, for me, from my childhood memories, it seems like a lifetime later. Because this seems like a grown-up Keanu Reeves. Um, but 91, I mean, he did this movie. He did the, the sequel to Bill and Ted's, which I believe I also saw in the theater. And um, My Own Private Idaho, which I didn't see. It was another uh, like well-regarded movie that he had done. So this is like the, the birth of Keanu Reeves as an action star. Yeah, which was not you know was not preordained. If you look at his early career, you wouldn't say, "Oh, that guy's going to be a big." Action no, star again, he was yeah. the fucking Bill and Ted. Like, what's up, dude? Yeah. You know, like, and and to be fair, he's a little bit of that in oh, this movie. It's a light, yeah, he's like, it's a light transition into action star. He's a surfer mostly in this movie. He's more of a surfer than a bank robber. Correct. Really. Yeah, he's just like or a cop. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't really play a cop that often. There's like four scenes where he's like. Oh yeah, let's do this stakeout with <laughs> yeah. Gary Busey. But the rest of the time, he's just like banging the surfer chick and riding waves. Hey, yeah. let's talk about the surfer because I remember her too. Lori Petty was also—is that her name? That's her name, mm. and also like not a, a woman that I would be attracted to in real life. Like, there's nothing about her that I actually am looking for in a woman, but. At the same time, very attractive in the movies. Can I just say there was way more nudity than I remembered? Uh, oh, I was going to bring that up. Here's the, the whole thing. topic. I, uh, a lot of nudity. I, uh, I just moved into my new place recently, so the Wi-Fi situation wasn't all figured out. So when I rewatched it, I was watching it off of the free Wi-Fi in a McDonald's. Way more nudity than I remembered. <laughs> I was like so like... I was sitting there, like, looking around every time I saw tits. I was like, ah, it's not porn, guys. It's not porn. It's yeah. just point break with well, Keanu Reeves. Keanu. Keanu cock. So one of the, um, like, one of the things I like to talk about is, like, the best kill. In, 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 I mean, the movie, this podcast is called Kill You Last. Or best death. Yeah, best, best death, death or best t- kill. But Oh, best death is definitely Gary Busey's. It's got to be. It's so cheesy, but it's great. It's, yeah, it, it is pretty cheesy. <laughs> it's I don't the know. cheesiest. I don't know if this is the best best death, but the most badass like fight in this is the naked chick in the house when they go into the the stash house and they like to have the like the raid and the girl oh, in the yeah, shower a- like attacks all the cops like she is ferocious and she gets some, she does some damage in that scene give it up for whoever she i didn't i didn't bother yeah, to imdb her, I but 
I, I was busy uh, trying to like cover my phone while that was happening. So oh, I'm you were watching it on your phone in McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you McDonald's. just got that. Yeah, yeah. that, that was, I, was, yeah. I mean, I watched it on my laptop in my my yeah. coffee shop today. So yeah, similar, but. so similar. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was. That was a solid fight scene. Surprisingly good fight scene from a naked woman. Like you wouldn't expect it That's to be like a well choreographed. Yeah. yeah. So why do you yeah. like the Gary Busey? Because he brought that up. What? Uh, yeah, you were doing his spot earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love the Gary Busey death because it's so <laughs> cheesy. He's like, he looks like he's gonna like tell him some last words, and then he just like gasps for air instead. Like it looks like they were like the director was like Gary Busey, uh, you do you in this scene, and he was just like, all right, let me figure this out, and he just didn't know what to say as the last word so he was like ah let me just take a last breath yeah gary Busey, you do you is not the best director's <laughs> note yeah, yeah, yeah. or well, it could be the greatest this honestly. is great gary Busey. in fact it, it inspired this me is to... gary Busey at his best yeah, well yeah. did he have the accident at this point you know that know. you know where his head like kind of caved in in the motorcycle accident i don't know didn't he die and they resuscitated, yeah, they resuscitated him, him and that's yeah. why he's absolutely batshit insane basically now. Yeah, yeah yeah his head got all dented and shit. it's like legit brain yeah. yo you know what's like scary gary Busey, but like uh it's a very underrated movie you ever see hider in the house never even heard, no, of, never it. heard of it gary Busey lives in the walls of someone's house whoa that Dude, does sound cool man super scary he's just oh, like shit. creeping mad hard and like if you've seen gary Busey in like real life anytime he's like a real monster at this point yeah well i was he is real life sketchy he is shaped like a monster he's very ghoulish so i i watched this today and um it made me want to think it made me think of another great gary Busey performance which is lethal weapon so i actually before i got here tonight i was re-watching scenes with him in lethal weapon and he's so scary in them like he's such a like maniacal like killer in that movie by doing nothing He's just being Gary Busey. And that's what's amazing about him is that he's so like, you know how like you, some actors you just can't believe that they're tough and other actors you're like, oh, that, that guy could kill people. Yeah. Gary Busey and Ving Rhames is another one of those guys. Ving who, fucking Rhames. Ving Rhames like looks like he could fucking kill you. Yeah, And dude. like he, so he's scary. Yeah, dude. Like Gary Busey is Gary a Busey scary. Gary Busey is a scary guy. There's, just, there's a scene in, in Lethal Weapon where they're about to torture Mel Gibson and he's just quietly standing there just being like, okay, um, I just want to know the information and if you're not going to tell us, um, we're going to torture you and kill you or if you tell us, we'll just kill you right away. And it, like that's all, he, like he doesn't do it, he doesn't sell it at all. He's just like very calm and I'm like, oh, I believe this guy. This guy is a, a murderer. I totally believe this fucking yeah. guy. I think we can all agree though, Gary Busey's <laughs> best performance is uh, in the Celebrity Apprentice versus Meatloaf. Uh, did you guys see that? I, uh, no, no. No. He has a screaming match with Meatloaf. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, I'm going to YouTube If you that. haven't seen it, definitely YouTube it. Yeah. It's one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. So I want to go through. Oh, what were you going to say, Peter? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say uh, some memorable quotes, definitely in this movie. All Gary Busey <laughs> and and Keanu. Oh, Keanu's yeah. got a few. I can't. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm in the FBI or something like that. He does something. Yeah, love, it's like I, really exaggerated. I love Gary Busey on the stakeout where he's like. Yeah. He reiterates the two meatball sub. <laughs> yeah. So many times. I he's like that. two. He's he two. Make he sure you give me a what second does he say? meatball like, sub. I could eat the ass out of a dead rhino or something like <laughs> that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I could eat the ass out of a dead rhino. That's some great writing right there. Oh my god. <laughs> 
What? So that is a line where they were like, Gary Busey, you do you. A hundred percent. I like the, I, I want to like, I know we don't do this, but I want to title this episode, Gary Busey, you do you. <laughs> you, do you. That should be the name of like an album or something. That's going to be the name of my first stand-up special. Hell yeah. Gary Busey, you, you do, do you. you. And then it's just you. And it's just going to be me. <laughs> you talking about how you're depressed. No Gary Busey references <laughs> at all. Yeah, just how you're depressed and so, how yeah. your mom hates you. One of my, <laughs> what I was going to say, one of my favorite things about doing the podcast like this is that when we're going back and looking at these movies, especially with like young guys, it's like you guys know Gary Busey now, you know Keanu now, you know like Patrick Swayze's reputation now. But then to like go back and try to remember, like when Gary Busey was 1991, Gary Busey is this guy. He doesn't have all this baggage in all these years. Keanu in 91 was like this young goofball that people are like, what what is this guy doing? Like now we know Keanu. Like oh now he's got like the John Wick resurgence, which I love. But it's like it's interesting to go back and try to remember what it was like at the time when this stuff was happening. Like Patrick Swayze is another interesting one because Patrick Swayze, and I keep saying this, we did Next to Kin, which is another great Patrick Swayze movie a couple weeks ago. And this is like, this feels like old Patrick Swayze. And this is like a year past, like super peak Patrick Swayze. And this is still technically peak is Patrick it? Swayze. Oh, he was straight Isn't, up movie star. Yeah. I mean, they, they offered him the role of... Um, Johnny uh, Utah, Johnny originally? Utah oh, really? originally. I didn't know that. Yes. Isn't yes. all... He turned it down because he found his character more, the one he yeah. ended up playing, way more interesting. Isn't all Patrick Swayze old Patrick Swayze, though? Well, that's from our perspective, correct. It's yes. the mullet. Well, the mullet ages dead. you. <laughs> There's he's no so new dead. Patrick Swayze well, anymore. No. <laughs> but you know no. what I mean? But he like he had such an interesting that's career. Just insensitive. Yeah, you didn't man. have to say that, Jesse. Yeah, that was... Patrick we can Swayze. cut that out in post, right? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> no, rest we don't. Have but I control peace. it. So <laughs> rest in peace, Patrick. This yeah. like I like watching this today. Like Patrick Swayze's performance in this movie, it's great. Is he's one great of my favorite action performances. Period. Like it's so. It, I, he's just really good. He's really honest. Like you really believe him. He's not bullshitting at you all. You brought up movie. a great point about him before we started recording. The fact that he was the villain in this movie and still came off likable shows that he's like one of the greatest actors like oh, that yeah. is impossible to do like be a very likable villain that like doesn't happen i was trying to think of like how i would want to see him like i would i would have yeah, wanted that to is see, a good point i would have wanted to see patrick swayze like disappear for five years and then come back and star in a movie and you know do like what a mickey Rourke did or like a bill murray did and i think that's what patrick swayze like kind of never got a chance to do because maybe because he got sick yeah but he He's uh, he's uh, he and we also like the the characters are so you know the the mullet and the country accent or whatever are so like locked in people's minds that you kind of forget that he's like a really great great actor. He wasn't just you know playing Patrick Swayze movie star. Like he, he he's really great in this movie. Like he really like and I and I love Keanu. I do not love like I love Keanu now. I don't know that I love. Like I don't know that I believe him as Johnny Utah. It's like this. Like when people well, he, criticize Keanu, okay. this is what they're talking. Well, about. okay. Here's the thing. All right, I have a I think a good uh, point about this. So I think this role is sort of perfect for Keanu because he's playing a guy that needs to infiltrate a a, a bunch of. Uh, we haven't done much plots synopsis, but basically there's this group of what would you call them? Surfers? Criminals, bank robbers, bank robbers, bank robbers. Yeah, yeah. Bank robbers. They wear presidential masks. It's a uh, they're the ex presidents, right? The ex presidents, and they're they're like unstoppable. Like uh, what Gary Busey's been on the case because they never they never hit the vault, so they don't waste time. They only hit cash registers. They get in, they get out. Yep. 
untouchable. Always when the swell is. Gary Busey yeah. calls them ghosts. Ghosts. There you yes. go. So basically, so the, there's a group of these guys, and and uh, they put Keanu as a cop on the case to infiltrate this group of surf, surfer fucking bank robbers. So he is dumb. Yeah. Keanu Reeves looks and comes across dumb in this movie as, as an actor, but it's perfect because he kind of has to act as a dumb guy to be like, yeah, surfer, whoa, yeah. what's up? You're going to fucking, there's a scene where he's fucking, when they're skydiving right before, right before they, they jump off. And I don't know what they're like, you excited, man? And Keanu just goes, you're going to jump or jerk off or something like yeah. that. And it's delivered <laughs> yeah, horrendously, but it's oh, a hilarious yeah. line. But it's like, yeah, I get it because he's supposed to be playing someone that, that's a dumbed down version of him. So in most of this movie, it works, even though I agree with you. He is well, kind of. So Keanu, like, I, does that make sense? Yeah, I, no, it okay. totally makes sense. But I like, listen, I there's no bigger fan of the John Wick movies than me. In fact, me and Alex talking about John Wick is what led to this podcast. True. We and, still have that. Okay, we since really- you're such a huge fan of the John Wick movies, do you buy into the Johnny Utah, John Wick similarity oh, no. theories? Is that that it's like, that's him? There's a, there's a theory that Johnny Utah uh, grew up to become John Wick. And the the two main like things that they put in this theory is one, the Mustang, uh, they both drive a black Mustang, but they're off by a year. Uh, Johnny Utah, I think, drives a 69, and John Wick drives a 70. Was it 70 or 68? It's 69 and 70. I don't know which one is from which movie, yeah. but that's the one inconsistency there. And then the other thing that they base the theory off of is how they talk and how they move, and that's just because... Keanu Reeves plays them both. That's not like a theory point, so really. That's, that's interesting that you bring that up because uh, one, I love the fact that there's even conspiracy theories about John Wick. Like that's that shows you how great those movies are that they creating this mythology and and this world. The fact that people are going to bother to create conspiracy theories about those movies to me is like what's what's it's what's great about it because like you can get lost in these movies. But it's funny you mention that because one of the first things I noticed. So the movie opens with Keanu Reeves at a shooting range when he's like in FBI Academy. And one of the great things about the John Wick movies is Keanu's doing all his own stunts. And and he's great at handling a gun. And I actually like, on you can look at the special features or on the internet, like Keanu training for the John Wicks with like doing gun stuff is exactly the same as what he's doing at the beginning of Point Break. So that that was like almost like so that kind of does tie together yeah, a little bit there. And also there is a line in Point Break where uh, you know how when he uh, J- Johnny Utah or Keanu Reeves he shoots into the air instead of shooting uh, yeah, he Bodhi. Doesn't shoot Bodhi. He yeah. doesn't want to shoot Bodhi. So he and then Gary Busey confronts him about it. He goes, "You don't miss a shot." You were either scared or you're too close. And that's like a very John Wick thing. He doesn't miss. Yeah. But that's a great moment in this movie, too, where so, he has, like, Keanu, like, they know now that they're, that Keanu is actually an undercover FBI agent and he's onto them and they try to catch him and he has yeah, a chance to shoot. Yeah, when they lock shoot. eyes through the mask, that uh, is the one close of the close up on Patrick Swayze's eyes is amazing. Oh, yeah. That's one of the yeah, best would say that, moments. <laughs> so good. pretty blue eyes. Um, he is gorgeous. But, so I couldn't find it today. I went back trying to look for it on the internet. Years ago, there was an article about. Um, Keanu Reeves, like understanding Keanu Reeves as an Eastern actor, so putting him in the tradition of Japanese and Chinese films. And it was fascinating because the problem people have with Keanu Reeves is the way he talks. And I kind of have that same problem too. Like sometimes the way he says lines, you're like, come on, bro. 
But in the John Wick movies, there's not a lot of dialogue. But and listen, I and I trained as an actor. I'm like I love great acting, but I don't think great acting. Yeah, is we know just... you from uh, the Music Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of early works. Like, nice callback, buddy. That's comedy right there. That's that's podcast gold. Um, so and no, acknowledging a joke is really funny. So thanks, Peter. Yeah, that's, thanks that's for, podcast gold. Oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, so, stop acknowledging it. <laughs> so acting is not just get, doing lines. Acting is also physicality, and it's how you move. And like in, especially in the John Wick movies, like he's great physically in the movies. And if you compare him to guys like Toshiro Mifune, who was a great Japanese actor who I I love, it's about commanding the screen and how you move and characters having certain gestures and facial expression. It's not just about, I can't understand a word that Toshiro Mufuni says in a Japanese movie, but I love him as an actor and I love his performance. It's not just about talking and dialogue. So Keanu has this thing where it's easy to kind of shit on him. Maybe the way he says stuff and he sounds a little goofy or he sounds like a, like a surfer dude, but like physically and, and that's why, and, and again, like so you can shit on Keanu, but point break, uh, Speed, the first Matrix movie, and the first two John Wicks are five of the greatest action movies of all time. And he's a star of all five. Like, that's a hell of a track record for a guy that people goof on. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah well, he's it's easy a great to, actor. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, he, he's a great action, like, star. I, I Here's the thing. I think you could be a great action actor without being, like, necessarily a great, like, actor in for the sure. general terms. I mean, for like, sure. Think Sylvester about Stallone yep. and Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. could use subtitles a lot. Sure. So careful but they are careful two, you tread there, but go ahead. I understand the sentiment. They are two of the greatest action movie stars of all time. Sylvester Stallone. Some might say the two greatest. You just won over say, Peter's heart, by the way. I would probably say they are the two greatest. Like, I mean, come on. Schwarzenegger and Terminator and then Stallone and like Rambo, those are like two of the best. Well, they're definitely, you yeah. know, in terms of our genre that we talk about on this podcast, you know, 80s, uh, some yeah, er, those early guys 90s are like, action. They're the Mount Rushmore. For sure, the, they're on there. Yeah, they're, I'd probably say it's those two, Keanu, and then who's the fourth person for the Mount Rushmore there? Uh, you I, would include Keanu on that? Keanu's, yeah. Keanu's Personally, I love there. Keanu Reeves. I don't know. I know that he He's gets a Mount lot Rushmore of flack. No, I'm saying for me, definitely. Cause, but I'm not an action movie fan, so I don't really... You know See, this I'm is saying? hard for me because I like Mel Gibson, but only in the Lethal Weapons, like and the first yeah. three Lethal Weapons. Well, yeah, but um, I think you can't hate Jews and be on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> you know, what are you? Are you saying that Jews control Mount Rushmore? Yes, that's the Jews control the Hollywood Mount Rushmore. That's, wow. that's anti-Semitic, Alex. No, that's just true, dude. Jews are. <laughs> They'll tell you that they run Hollywood. They just do, man. I don't know. I do think. Shouts out Jews out there. Yeah, Give me a love- deal. Listen, I want some money. I get mistaken for one all the time. Me I too. Love the Jews. Do you really? You yeah. look like Shuli from the Howard Stern I know. show. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, listeners, Peter looks exactly like Shuli uh, from the does. Howard Stern show. And I, lo- I love it when you come up to me and say, hey, Shuli, how are you? People literally <laughs> oh do that to you, right? All the hilarious. time. Most of people actually think you are Shuli. All the time yeah. in New York, yeah. Okay. Anytime a comedian is happy to see me, I always go, I'm not who you think I am. Because oh, I know no. for sure. You, that it, wait, anytime a comedian is actually. That is the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever heard you say. Pretty much. And actually, you know what's funny? Speaking of that, the Every other day. Time. The other, I don't even know if I told you this story, Alex. And the other day, uh, All right. I, I was standing outside the pair where, where I hang out, the Grizzly Pair, McDougal Street. Shout out. Uh, I do a lot of stand up there. Um, mm-hmm. And I was standing outside there. And a, a, a woman comedian that I kind of know in passing. I met do, a couple do times. Do I know her? A woman comedian. Maybe. I don't want to say her name. I don't want to. Can like, just say comedian? Well, it's, uh, I see how it is. Okay. 
She's okay. one of that 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 group. We, do we? Okay, whatever. Go uh, on. So she comes up to me and we're talking for a second, and she goes, uh, th- "I guess this was a couple weeks ago or last month." She goes, uh, "How was your uh, your New Year?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Didn't you celebrate Jewish New Year?" I'm like, "No." I'm like, "Who?" I'm like, "Who do you think I am?" She goes, "Oh, I thought you were John Fish." I was like, "No, I'm." Peter Garacci. She goes, oh my God. She goes, I thought you were slumming outside of the pair. (laughs) And I go, slumming? I'm reaching for the stars over here. This is like, I'm I'm dreaming. And she's like, oh yeah, I just, I thought you were, you know, didn't want to hang out outside the cellar. So you just came over to the pair to hang out. I'm like, no, but this, you know, that's the first time I've gotten him. So for those who don't know, John Fish is a hilarious comedian and he lives in New York and he's much bigger and much more, uh, well known yeah. than Peter I and, and I. looks yeah. like, but he kind of he kind of looks like Peter. I mean that that's not. I don't not think it's you look not way as much more, as Shuli. Yeah, you would look way more way like more Shuli. like Shuli. Yeah, I'm a. I've only ever like I've been told I look like Pete Davidson. I've never actually been confused for him, and right. it's definitely not going to happen now that he's all tatted up and bleached his hair. And well, hair. you don't look your fit. You don't look like exactly like Pete Davidson, but you. 100% give off like the Pete Davidson you vibe. You could be in I his gang. Vibe. You'd be in the Pete well, Davidson well, gang. I don't even know about that, but like basically. I think it, I'm just a goofy looking tall for sure. white you're dude. For sure. You're a tall, I think skinny white all, dude. No, but, al- but also like you, you're kind of like, like the way you deliver your jokes. You're kind of like, I don't know. You're a little hunched over. Like, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I, you're what? 6'4"? I'm 6'5", yeah. Six when five. I stand up right, yeah. Exactly. So like. I just I think like if I'm walking behind you, I, I you could be Pete Davidson. Like your yeah. whole energy, everything about. But so people actually do call you Pete sometimes. People about do. That. Uh, people jokingly call me Pete off stage, uh, and for some reason it has transferred on stage. Because what do you uh, mean? Like getting on stage. Like oh, a people lot calling of the you. Host. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about that in the beginning. I thought that that would mostly be from the Who, though, for Pete is, Townsend. Well, Pete Townsend, I. I get that from like the 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 older guys who are hosting the shows and stuff, but like the younger people usually, I think, mess it up because yeah, because of Pete, Pete yeah. Davidson and that whole thing. And I, I think it's hilarious that we really don't have that great of a connection to the host of our own shows, but they're oh, always so like, funny. "Give it up for our great friend." You may have seen this guy all around the city. He's one of my favorite guys, and he fucks up your name. Yeah, you're like, I, well, you know what it is. Yeah, it's it's, such a great it's part. Friend. It's part our fault because we have no credits, so he has <laughs> nothing to cling to, and he has to say he's a good friend of ours because yeah. he can't oh, yeah. say that we're on HBO or something. I mean, I'm working on that. Hopefully, getting out. I think the soon. best thing to do is just give it up for this next comedian and say their name. Yeah, yeah I the rest feel like is like that's easy. Well, I'm yeah. hosting tonight, so any tips? Uh, we'll talk about well, later. Did I tell you the story about when I brought Ron White up at Daniel yeah, Fields? You have. You but brought ha- Ron White up. Ha- yeah, 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 I don't think you've told it on the podcast. Oh, I never told that story. And so you haven't told it to me. Greatest so. night of my comedy life. So if you guys have heard, if you listeners, if you've heard this story, I apologize for repeating myself. Uh, I was managing a restaurant at the time in the daytime, getting ready to host at Daniel Fields that night. And Ron White walks in to make a reservation at the restaurant. So I'm like talking to him. I'm like, hey, Ron, you know what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm coming in. I heard this is a good place. I was like, oh, take care of everything. Make sure you get a nice table. And I said, you know, while you're here, are you working? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm doing the cellar at 1130. And I'm taking Mama to see uh, Phantom of the Opera, you know, before that. And I said, oh, well, you know, when uh, when I'm not here, I'm a, I'm a comedian. I'm hosting at Dangerfields tonight. And I swear to God, he turns to me. His demeanor changes like he's an open micer. And he goes, if I come by, will you put me on? And I go, oh, Ron, whatever, whatever you need. And he goes, okay. 
And then I'm thinking about it. I was like, there's no way Ron White's going to show up. Like, it doesn't even work in the timeline. He's going to go to Phantom of the Opera, and he's going to go to dinner, and he's going to go to cellar. He's never going to stop by. So the show starts at 8.30. At 9.40, I'm on the stage at Dangerfields. I look over into, like, the bar area, and Ron White walks in the door. Holy shit. And all the comedians, like, swarmed him. And I oh, get off yeah. stage, and I'm like, guys, you know, you know, Ron's got, you know, Ron's with me. Just watch out. <laughs> and um, he's like, I got 20 minutes. And, he, and I go, oh, you're going on right now. So I go up on stage and I was like, ladies and gentlemen, when, mind you, it's a Tuesday night. There's like 13 people in the audience. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, when you go out to New York City to a comedy show, what you're hoping will happen is that somebody will stop in unannounced and somebody famous. And, and Ron White literally goes, just bring me on already. <laughs> Hell yeah. Crushed. I was crushed. Oh, That's funny. Man. So he gets That's up funny. and he does this set. And, it, and my, my favorite part is, you know when... Um, if you have a drink and there's no ice cubes in the glass, yeah. the straw kind of like bobs in the yeah, glass. Yeah. So he's drinking scotch neat with the straws and he's on stage and I'm watching him. I'm like studying a master do stand up and all I can see is him trying to get the straw in his mouth and he can't get it in because the straw is like bobbing in the glass. Yeah. It was amazing. But when he <laughs> when he got off, off stage, I was like, ladies and gentlemen, when I'm nervous, I talk too much. So all I want to say is that was Ron White. Thank you very much. Like that's it. That's how I left. That's it. that's that's way better. But uh, <laughs> it was like I learned my lesson. Like some comp, like well, no, I think he was just having fun with you. No, I, but yeah, but but there's also like a point there too. It's like just get him on stage. Like, he's also a funny guy, and he saw an opportunity because you were nervous. Oh yeah, you're as big, he knows. Yeah, uh, no, I'm sure he he wasn't a dick. But like, no, he was I, having I think, fun with. I it. think it's also like a lesson. Like if you're a young host and, and yeah. somebody stops in. Just, you know, bring yeah. him on stage. Just bring him on stage. Yeah, the only story goal. I have, like, remotely close to being as cool as that is uh, I was, uh, back when I, like, first started, I did, like, a bringer over at Gotham. Gotham yep. Comedy Club, I did yep. a bringer. Uh, a lot of people started yeah. doing bringers at Gotham's. Yeah. They're terrible, though. I would, oh, I should not say that. Oh. Bringers? Wait, what? Bringer shows are terrible. No, shows that's are terrible. Oh, they're the worst. What, what are you? But no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't bash it because I mentioned a, of, a club name. No, no, it's not Gotham that yeah, sucks. It's, it's the, con, it's the concept. Honestly, I, the fact that you well, have to bring your own audience. Well, here's your th- here. I'll defend bringers real quick, and I don't usually, but like just to be even about it. So it's good for when you're you know your first time going on stage, or you're like first few times going on stage. It's nice to perform in front of a real audience. Not an open mic audience full of comedians. It's nice for the ego boost. It is nice, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. And I think that that's good for young comics, although it could be terrible for young comics because they can rely on that and then realize that their friends and family will quickly stop, stop coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so well, like, you there's know. There's only so, more, right. so much you could support a dream. Sure, you know? so we've exactly. done it, and like, I've done it, and I actually have a, like, the way that I would fix bringers is one, I would make it cheaper. Like if, especially oh, yeah, if it's like, well, yeah, yeah. If it's on a weeknight and it's your friend, it's like make it ten. I guess I, I guess I can't really shit on bringers too much because this is actually a pretty great story and it happened because of the bringer. So yeah, Gotham but, uh, bringer. So I was how many years a, ago? Was this? Uh, this was uh, two years ago. Back when I first like first started, I was still a terrible comic. Uh, well, <laughs> I was yeah, I was rough. I'm much better now. Okay, uh, I like to think at least. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> but now back uh, two years ago. I was uh, at Gotham Comedy Club, and uh, I went on. I did like, I did like five minutes, and I got off stage, and uh, like this like, this guy was standing there like, and just like shook my hand when I got off stage, and like it didn't register who he was because I just like got off Gotham for like the first time. It was like my first real big club, yeah. So I was still like. I was still like registering all that. Well, how'd like, you do, by the way? I, I did pretty well. I did. Uh, I did all right. Uh, 
But I got off stage and it was still registering that I just did like my first big club and my first like real show. And then uh and then like it doesn't register who I just shook hands with until like the host brings that guy up and they're like and you may know this next comic as the uh, the writer and creator of one of the best sitcoms of all time. Get up for Jerry Seinfeld. Oh my god, I knew somehow I knew it was going to be Seinfeld. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, I just shook hands with Jerry Seinfeld. Amazing. Wait, and, and he actually shook know. your hand too. He shook my hand, yeah. That's crazy cuz a asked, lot of people don't do, I doesn't... asked for him afterward. I asked him afterwards if I could get a photo. He was like, "Nah." Yeah, he's not yeah, into that. that. Yeah. He's, he's not into that. That's no. interesting that you got like But he shook my hand. I wonder he if he watched your set. He was a genuinely nice guy. I, he shook my hand. So, well, he's yeah. I mean, he's big into like the fraternity of comics. Yeah. Like, you're a comedian yeah. now. So you're like on you're he not that you're a peer not on his level, yeah. but he he there's a certain respect. It's like, "Oh, we're all in this together." We're there's a respect together. once you get on stage. He has said he goes I have more. I have more in common with a, a comedian that I don't know than people that are in my life that are not comedians. Yeah, yeah like there yeah. is a certain. That's a good quote. There. I, I yeah. don't remember how he says it, but it, he says There's, it pretty eloquent. Yeah, there is this, like this weird bond between comedians. I mean, yeah, really. people have talked about that, of course, dude. I mean, it's it's always. Like, I, uh, now I'm gonna defend the host that we don't really know because actually when they do say oh he's a good friend of well, mine yeah. I guess kind of he's a good right. point do you want to be my son I'll everything die. just went full circle <laughs> everything went full he's, he's circle he's cute isn't he he's 20 he'd be, he, a he'd be a huge son dad he knows five. movies unlike Alex yeah he knows movies that I love and I don't want to be your son dad <laughs> god I can't stop trying to fuck me dad the last thing oh come <laughs> whoa. on whoa Hey. It just took a weird turn. One, one day we're going to have a psychiatrist as a guest, and we're going to explore Alex's issues because this stuff we comes should. up. We should. Yeah. Nah, explore my issues. <laughs> we explore this dick. We all, uh, there, you there you go. You see how we... <laughs> yeah. We all shat on our moms. Do you want to shit on your mom now? No, his mom's uh, great. I'll take this moment. Your mom's I, great. Mom, I love you. She's a listener. Um, She's a listener. Shouts out mom. Uh, oh, yeah, man. She what a great mom. Book. She listens to this show. Yeah, man. My, my dad's dead, though, so there we go. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. He's a dead uh, dad. Mom, if you're listening, sorry for your loss. Oh no, they were divorced. She oh, they were divorced. Yeah, it was all good. Okay. Yeah. I um, I there's I a lot to talk about. I don't know there, if my mom. But no, I don't you know, want we'll to. get into yeah, it on another episode. Yeah, yeah. That sounds more like therapy. my mom is more of a fan of my Facebook you, videos. I don't know that she actually listens to the podcast. Oh, that's so sad. The Garachi Grind on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook. Peter, did you upload your grind? She clicked, did you do your morning grind yet today? <laughs> that's oh, what she says. Man. Not yet, Mom. Oh, and then she'll critique man. me. She goes, you're picking your nose in the grind this morning. I was like, I know, Mom. It's a joke. Leave me alone. <laughs> Stop following my shit. I love my mom. She's you great. literally sounded like a 15-year-old. <laughs> Stop it. No, she's mom. my mom is actually like super supportive. Like she's actually like really cool and like really yeah. like she's the one who like she put my portfolio right. together. Stop when rubbing I, it in. No, no, His no. Fucking, oh, Jesse's mom left him because he started no, doing no, comedy. No, you I thought you leave. Peter's all like, my mom put my portfolio together. <laughs> she's so supportive. It's, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she did kick you out of the house. Did does that is it bother you still? Because you talk about it on stage, I've heard. I've heard I talk about it on stage because I think, I think what people say about there being like, uh, there's comedy in tragedy. I think that's oh, yeah. very true. Hundred percent. Like I think uh, one of my best bits I've done recently is like about getting evicted, and mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. like a very a weird bit. subject. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I have more fun talking about real shit than like being like, oh, my dick. Huh? Like, yeah, yeah. I have way more fun like when I'm telling like a truthful like 
joke where there's like a story behind it. Yeah. You know? I think I mean I think Alex, I think your comedy is like that too. And I think mine's like I don't know how to write a joke out of thin air. Like yeah. everything comes from like something that happened comes to from me real or life. somebody said something. But I do think that um Mo- mostly I do have some dick and jokes I do that think, are just yeah. funny. <laughs> I mean they're I, funny, dude. I, I do think and I heard somebody say this before, it's like you can't still be in pain. Like the audience doesn't wanna like see a comedian uh, in pain on stage. Oh, they want to see a guy who's who is laughing oh yeah, that's with very the true. audience about the thing that was painful in the past. Yeah, that's very true. Like I, uh, I, I, uh, I was talking to Josh uh, Tolentino. I, shout uh, out to Josh. Shout out to Josh. Uh, he was uh, he was like, you always talk about like depression and depressing <laughs> stuff on stage, but it's all good because you're always smiling. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, you never stop fucking smiling, <laughs> do you? It's and so funny, like one man. of my favorite things that comedians told me is like, yeah. you never. You I'm do. Like, you, I don't. You're I really a smiley don't stop fuck smiling. on stage. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's definitely yeah. good. I've noticed that, um, you know, in my first like year and a half doing comedy here in the yeah. city. Facial expressions are just so important, and like they especially are. like sometimes like I'll get um, trapped in like 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 I've done a bit of bunch, like I, I've done it so many times that like when I'm doing it, I'm sort of just I'm not doing it the way that when I was excited to do the bit, yeah. and a lot of that you can see in someone's face, and yeah. and if you could master sort of like a smile at the right point or like or just genuinely tricking yourself into like genuinely feeling that feeling again. People pick up on that shit. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll sniff it out if, if it's not I think there. that's also why I like telling these jokes about like personal stories because they're more fun for me to tell. Mm. Like if I tell like a dick joke, okay, it's a dick joke and it like might be funny once. But like if I'm telling a story, like you retell stories. Like you have your go-to story to tell at a party. Everyone has their go-to story. Right? No, that's totally. That's just you don't you. have a go-to story. No, I'm kidding. I was just trying to. Be, I, to I told my Ron White story. story so yeah, no. your Ron White story. I hope I don't have a party for another six months. You're the I fucking. <laughs> you're the king of that. Peter retells stories like like my fucking dad. I for, like everyone's I dad. To, I forget everyone who I told stories. what though. So every time I'm like, I may have told this story before. You do do <laughs> that, which is nice. You do do that. Everyone has their go-to story, and I I feel like. A story is easier to retell than a joke is. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so well, like, and over time you shape it. Like that's and that's what yeah. a bit is. It's like over time you get to like the the, the real nugget there. And the good thing about being a comic is like you can mold that story. A lot of the story yeah. has like came from truth and turned very like false. Like sure, yeah, yeah. So well, like that's that's why I love uh, that one of the best. Uh, names of a comedy special in recent years, I think, is uh, Tom Segura's Mostly Stories. Mostly Stories, because that's yeah. that's such a good name. That's because a he's, perfect he's, name, and he's almost taking a stab at himself. Because you know, people, you know, yeah. like joke writers are like, oh, all they do, all these guys do, they're just storytellers. They don't even, they're not comedians. Yeah. So him saying like, oh, this is just mostly stories. It's my Netflix. That's hour. That's, that's one a of great. the best, the best ones. Uh, one of the best names for a it really is. Special. Yeah. It really is. I, you know what? You know, I hate to say this. I really was not familiar with Tom Segura until very recently. Oh, like, I'm I just a huge somehow fan. like missed him. And I, what do you think about him now that you know? Him? Well, I've only seen a little bit of it, and I, I went on YouTube and I was like watching a couple like uh, shorter sets, and I'm like, oh, I, I love, I love this guy. him. Yeah, he's, he's one murders, of my favorites. He's, he's one of my one favorites. Of my favorites. I, I'd say he's my biggest inspiration in terms of what I actually do on stage. Really? Actually, yeah. If you notice, uh, a lot of the stuff, I'm not saying I don't copy the guy, but like the way he'll like change the tone of his voice, like. And then we went over here and did that. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? It's just yeah, like yeah. little tricks like that. I sort of picked up uh, from his 
first comedy album. Like I think I think the guy who probably I like to base myself off of the most is uh Mike Berbiglia. I think oh, okay. yeah. I love Berbiglia. Cuz yeah. I think he's the I think he's probably the smartest comic out there right now. Like the fact that like Oh, Burnham's pretty smart. He, but he, he yeah, yeah, he's Berbiglia like disregards like the whole laugh per minute like concept. He can go 100%. He can go however long without a laugh, but you know it's going to be worth it. Like he is I think he's my favorite comic out there right now. Mike he inspired me yeah, to do my one man show. Yeah. Oh wow! He, I mean, I mean, he's how'd a, that go? By the way, I did it. it went, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, yeah. it went great. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, did I, I miss this? Oh, this is before I Where performed was it, it once at Broadway. Oh, Broadway. So, okay. Okay. Uh, it was funny because I, I there's another story of mine. I lost my job and I was like, what am I gonna do? And I was like, I had this solo show that I'd been working on like years ago yeah. in a box and I hadn't touched it for five years and I was like, I'm gonna finally finished this solo show and a couple weeks later on facebook uh broadway comedy club where, where i did bringers first when i first started doing comedy literally yeah. the first show i ever did was at broadway comedy club shout out to bringers uh al martin the owner of broadway comedy club on facebook put a post hey if there's anybody who wants to do a solo show you can have the space uh for for a night and literally they gave me the room for free so i kept the door and they just sold the drinks and i had the upstairs room and I ended up having like 20, 29 That is people crazy come. that it just fell into your lap. Yeah. Like so that. I, it was like, it, I literally, and it's funny because, like, you know, as comedians, we're young, we want like everything to be perfect. And we want to, yeah. like, we like have these ideas of like how it's going to go. We plan everything out. So I wrote, I plan. crafted this email to Al Martin. I'm like, yeah. it was the club that I first performed at and it would be sp- so special for me. And this is what the show is about. And he literally wrote it was back, just like, cool. Throw me some dates. Like, that was his whole email. <laughs> And then it was like, do you want to start at eight or eight thirty? Yeah, like literally. Every, I think if I added yeah, you up, didn't give a shit. If I added up all of his emails together, it wouldn't equal like one paragraph of oh my, my first email that I sent to him. <laughs> and next thing I knew, I was performing my solo show at Broadway. That's, That's great. great, and it was great. And I'm actually looking to um to bring uh, it back Misfit Hive, which is Craig Fox's oh, yeah. club yeah, yeah, in Woodside. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking to Craig about doing like a weekend there and actually doing yeah. a couple of shows so I can do it a few times. The, the right. Bringing back the one-man show. Yes, it's called Everybody Wants to Be Italian Except Me. Oh, And shit. it's all about yeah. kind of like how I got to this point where I'm... So you do a lot of that sort of material so on I, stage, yeah. right? I take some of... The, like The funny thing is, in a weird way, like kind of like... like and this is why Birbiglia was sort of an inspiration, yeah. um, is I feel like doing stand-up in a way was procrastinating finishing the solo show. So I could take bits and pieces of the solo show and do it in a seven-minute set, but yeah. that kept me from committing to actually. How putting long is together. the solo show? Is it like a? I did an hour and fifteen minutes. Hour fifteen. Wow. And I didn't even get to stuff that I thought was like super important stuff. I've never done close to an hour. Oh no, me neither. What's yeah. the longest set you've done, Pacher? Uh, that set in terms of time on stage or yeah. what I was given. <laughs> Let's go stage time. How was the Lo- time on stage? I went down with. Uh, I went down to North Carolina. With uh, Derek Thompson last summer for his like homecoming show like, at Good Nights, yeah, uh, which is a great comedy club in Raleigh, North Carolina. We had the upstairs room. Derek packed it out because he hadn't been there in like yeah. years. He's been up here doing comedy, and he had this like f- you know family, friends, and fan base down there. So um, I went up, I think second on the show, and I was supposed to do ten minutes, and this was it was like under a year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of comedy under my belt so and 10 minutes was like oh yeah i was i was worried yeah, about 10 minutes 10 minutes kind of but when i but i had a great set i was yeah. up there i don't know how long i was up there i get off i go to the host which is guy bishop bishop yeah. i can't remember his last name he was really funny uh and i was like how much time did i do he was like and he showed me the the stopwatch and it was 18 minutes 
I oh, still okay. I think that's probably the longest I've done is okay. eighteen. It's only because I, I have a bit of a story here. Oh, the all right. longest time. On Let's stage. Ra- we're gonna wrap it up with this. Story. We'll wrap it up with this yeah. story. Yeah, all yeah, right, because yeah. uh, I went back to Maryland. Uh, that's where I'm from, and uh, my friends. Uh, I was just back in town visiting some friends, and uh, so my friend uh, has a band, and his band plays like a lot of the uh, bars in the area, and they got like a little bit of like a, some like traction in the area, so they decided to do like a college show. So they were packed out like this black box theater. So there was like a hundred people in there. And they're college students? Uh, not even just college students. It was just the black box theater at that college. But okay. like a lot of people came out just to support the band. And he was like, hey, want to open for me? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like I was, this was like a year in for me too. Okay. So like I was like, yeah, not, of course. I'm still not really in the place to turn down a no, free spot. I'm so not like, either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't going to turn down this spot. And uh, he was like, all right, come in, open for me. Uh, how long do you want to do? And I was like, uh, how long do you want me to do? And he was like 15. And like for being a year in, that's already it's, a lot. Of, it's a lot. That's, yeah. a, that's a good chunk of time. Uh, so I go in there. I get on stage. No one told them that a comedian was going to open uh, for this Jesus. rock band. Wait, so did for they? For a rock band. They showed up ready for rock music. And they got me. Did they, did they on stage? Did they give you a, at least an intro, like from the back, or did you? Cold yeah, but not open? as a not as a comedian. They were like, "What did they oh, say? No, they what did they say? Give it up for Jesse Townsend." That's it. That's oh it. man, no. that's the whole introduction. They're going. It's Pete Townsend's son. This is so rad. Oh my god, this is Pete Townsend's son. Where's his guitar? What the fuck? Give it up for Jesse Townsend. That was my whole introduction. And I go up there, and I don't think they realized I was a comedian for like the first five minutes. They were just like, <laughs> like they were like, this sound is, check. What is it? Where's this fucking guitar? They were like, this is a fucking weird intro to a song. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is a very in detail intro about this song. Yeah, <laughs> but no, so like, uh, like, uh, was it not going well, or was it? It, it was like, a straight bomb. It was oh, a straight bomb. Shit. Okay, uh, it was the hardest I ever bombed. Uh, Definitely, and by far, oh, by far, shit. hardest I ever bombed. And uh, so I get like, <laughs> sorry, go on. Also, I had like, I had my phone like set up in the, uh, oh. in the audience. Cause I was like, recording oh. it. Yeah. Recording this whole set. Cause I had like, uh, I thought this was going to be a great tape. It's a black box theater. It's packed out. I was like, oh, I'm going to record this set. This is going to be great. Right. So anyways, like about 12 minutes in, uh, <laughs> someone shouts, uh, sing a song already. Oh man! <laughs> was like, they still didn't get it. That's they, on them. The audience. This is a dumb audience, by the way. This is well, a terrible idiots. Like twelve minutes into my fifteen minutes set, someone shouts, "Sing a song already!" And uh, I'm like, "That's not exactly what I do." The band does that, and they'll be out in a couple of minutes. My sets only like 15 minutes long i've already been up here for like 12 minutes <laughs> oh, like, God. Much, i'm negotiating re- with the I'm audience. negotiating with the audience like some sort of like terrorist hostage please let me have three more minutes please please. <laughs> like, please don't rush the stage like yeah oh, God, so, dude so then like uh i i'm i think i got them on my sides i'm like just a couple more minutes and then uh so wait really you won them back I, I won them back somehow or at least I got them to, not to rush the stage, sure. which is all I wanted. Uh, yeah. And then I look over to the side and, uh, all right, so you guys aren't going to be able to uh, see this uh, well, I'll you're listening it. to it. I'll describe but it. But they did this hand motion from the side, which means stretch. They pulled. So they're like oh. stretching their hands. Like, yeah, they were like, so apparently. Oh, like keep going? Keep going. Stretch. Oh, yes. No. So. So then someone found like Did pen they, and paper and they signaled from the side of the stage 
they wrote technical difficulties oh, on a paper wow. and like showed it to me and uh that, that is the, the worst thing you could do to a comic that's so, bombing on stage. Now I'm just Jesus. scrambling for like shit. Cause like I'm already like I'm still relatively new as a comic and I ran out of all my material. Of the course. The crowd hates me. <laughs> oh, and I'm just like trying to like reason with them. And uh like at a certain point, I just like I just heard music start playing and I was like, thank God, thank God. I was like, give it up for your band. And they just like came out and I got down to the seat where I had my phone propped up and uh, it was video recording. 33 minutes. Wow. Whoa. Killed it, buddy. We're so proud of you. 33 minutes you half of hour. straight bombing. Oh my God. You know, 33 minutes. You know what you remind me though in that moment? Patrick Swayze asking Johnny to Utah to let him surf that one last wave. <laughs> yes! play. Let me go down in this one wave. Which is, like, again, one of the great endings. Oh, that's and, a great ending. We watched it on the way here. Listen, you as, can't put me in a cage. As, I got to go down doing what I love, and that's stand-up comedy. Guys, I want you to meet my new adopted son, Jesse, Jesse Townsend. I do think I, I, I fostered a relationship here. You guys, it, I, At least got, for, like, big brothers, yeah, big sisters. Well, we can do that at we least. Are, yeah, we're family now. Well, I mean... <laughs> You guys do both really love movies to, yeah, yeah, to an alarming degree. Uh, yeah, you're we the were, you're the 20 year old son that I was hoping we Alex both, would be. We were both <laughs> well, I'm talking sorry about to disappoint you. Father. We were both talking about our love for Mel Brooks before we started and the Stanley podcast. Kubrick. And Mel Stanley Brooks, Kubrick, who's yeah. that guy? I'm kidding. Uh, I know yeah, who Mel Brooks. Gosh, Mel Brooks is the yeah. greatest. Well, he's alright. Oh. So guys, this whoa, been, I know, whoa. he's good. He's good. That's he's a whole good. other podcast right there. I would just. I agree with you on Kubrick's the best. He's great. Mel yeah. Brooks is great. We'll have right. you back. Mel Brooks is the goat. We'll have He's you back greatest. for another episode, man. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think Jesse uh, Jesse will be a good addition just yeah. in general because you could probably nail any movie we bring up. Yeah. I feel like you would have at least have seen it. I would love to come back. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll have yeah. we'll definitely have Jesse back on. Guys, cool. this has been an awesome episode of Kill You Last. Shout out to uh, Ron White. Uh, <laughs> shout out to John Fish uh, and Shuli Igar. Open invitation for Shuli, anybody who want to be guests yes. on the sh- on the pod. Shout out to Keanu, <laughs> Keanu Thompson. Also, no, I meant oh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves, but okay, Both of you. all of the Keanus. Sure, Keanu Thompson. That dog, She's okay. That Whatever. cat that was in the <laughs> no, Keegan Michael Key movie. That Keanu. Too. Oh, there's Let's no, shout yes, that, yes, yes. Let's yes. shout that Keanu out too. While That's the funniest it. Keanu. Any one of you, <laughs> any one of you has oh, an open wow. invitation. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can say that. You can get, say that because you know Keanu Thompson's not even going to listen to this. Oh, never. No, we'll have her on, but she won't listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Jesse's uh, doing shows with me all the time, Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at Greenwich Village Comedy Club yeah, in New York City. Seven thirty p.m. show. Comedy. Yep. So me and Jesse uh, are on those shows all the time. You can also follow my Instagram, Jesse Townsend, and uh, that name was already taken. So there's like a. There's one of those, uh, what's that, dash at the end there? I is got it a like dash a, or, or it's underscore? It's an underscore. It's an underscore. We'll Jesse Townsend underscore. Spell the notes. Yeah, we'll yeah. put it in the notes, but spell Towns, put it, Towns, yeah. t- Townsend is just town and then send. It's T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D. Perfect. And Jesse's just J-E-S-S-E. yep. Nice. All right, man. Peter, you got anything? Your show? When's the next day? FM Bar in Jersey City on November seventh, Wednesday. That'll be the the last one of the of two thousand eighteen. So come on out. Oh really? Are you not doing the December one? We're not going to do December. The poster is is being worked on, so we'll have that out. Do you have the lineup yet? 
The lineup's all done. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, uh, do you want to? Yeah, who do you got on it? Um, I don't want to do that because if I forget anybody, I'm going to feel like an asshole. Oh, so. oh but they're not going to oh. listen. Come on. Uh, who's the big hitter? Uh, you got anyone? Jared Waters, Rosebud Baker. Oh, Rosebud's wow. hilarious. Dude. Um, oh, I've never, I've never it's really a great lineup. Really? Rosebud's really funny, dude. Um, She's super good. I, uh, Courtney Bledsoe is hosting, which is awesome because this will be the first one that I, I don't have to host. Which I'm excited about. Do you not ho- like hosting your own shows? I like hosting, but when you're hosting and producing and running everything, that I don't. Is, I don't get a lot to, to deal. With. I don't get to enjoy the show. I would rather yeah. just do a spot on my own show and get to have fun the rest of the time. Because I yeah. know a lot of people don't like hosting. I love hosting. I don't mind hosting, but when you're running the show too, it's a lot. So that's another plug. If uh, you don't want to host your own shows, give me a call or DM me. You have my Instagram yeah, already. He's like a yeah, sadder, yeah. less attractive Pete Davidson. Yeah. So yeah, give him a call. Guys, give my son a job. He needs a summer job. The, the zoo is closing. <laughs> the zoo is closing. Give me a winter so job. I, can't, I love that we didn't even bring up that you We work. didn't even get into Jesse that. works at the Bronx Zoo. We're going yeah. gonna to leave you guys on that. Everyone have a good week. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.